welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Jeff Poling. And I'm Ryan Shaddy. On tonight's episode, we will have our featured music, your weekly LGBTQ event calendar, and this week's LGBTQ news. First this evening, we will be speaking with Kyle Hayes, the volunteer coordinator for this weekend's Bloomington Pride Summerfest. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, okay. We're excited about Summerfest, aren't we, JP? Very, very excited. We've already heard a little bit about Summerfest with uh, Sinclair's going to be on the stage. If you all listened last weekend, or last week, last week uh, right. you heard that Sinclair with some great music, and, and we'll be featuring her once again later on today, but uh, she'll be in attendance. Um, some other great uh, headliners up on stage, and don't forget those drag queens. Definitely quite a diverse, uh, you were telling us, Kyle, quite a diverse uh, selection of uh, performing musicians and artists and everything this year. Can you talk a little bit about who all you uh, were going to expect? Absolutely. So um, definitely a very diverse lineup this year um, at Summerfest. If you want to get the total rundown of everything that will be happening at the festival, uh, you can find that on our website. It's just bloomingtonpride.org, and we have the whole Summerfest schedule um, up there. But just to give you an idea of kind of what's coming up um, for the main stage performances, we have DJ Unique playing all day in between various performances throughout the day. Uh, Coryland Men's Chorus will be performing at three o'clock. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also a singing member, so yes, yay. Um, sitcom Theater will be performing at 4 p.m. Shiza uh, will be performing at 5 p.m. Mr. Hipster will be performing at 6 p.m. Sick of Sarah will be performing at 7 p.m. Of course, Sinclair will be there as well at 8 p.m. Um, and then we have a drag show, which we will actually be featuring uh, uh, drag queens from the Pulse Orlando nightclub, which is a pretty, obviously, a pretty emotional um, and exciting thing for us to be able to have here. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then really one thing that was really popular last year, the Fire Dancers, they'll be back this year at yeah. 9.40. And then our main headliner, uh, Will Giant Sheridan, will be performing at 10 p.m. Right. Sounds like a great, great lineup. And then there's an after party, right? Yep, there sure is. So um, there's actually a kickoff party tomorrow evening um, at the Bishop at 10 p.m. So um, come join us there. We would love to see you there. Um, but then, of course, there will be an after party, too, which will also be at uh, the Bishop. So directly following the festival at 11 o'clock. Great. Great. Kyle, tell us a little bit about the history of Bloomington Pride. How did Bloomington Pride get started? And what's led us to this point for now the third annual Summerfest? Yeah, so for those of you who may have been in the Bloomington area for a while, there was the film festival, um, which has been happening now for 14 years. Um, that was kind of our big sort of uh, annual event. Every January we have the film festival. Um, but I think there was definitely some interest in the community of having a summer festival as well to celebrate queer arts. Um, so the idea was pitched, I guess now two and a half years ago when planning started for the festival for its first year in 2014 to have the summer festival. Um, so we started pretty modest. We had a one block area on 4th Street in between College and Walnut. Um, 
we of course put in a lot of work uh, to get really good performances and, and entertainment there. And then we had a great turnout. We we're like, oh wow, this is definitely something people are, are very interested in. So of course we planned it for next year or last year as well. And um, our attendance doubled and we were absolutely thrilled with that. So we realized, okay, this is a pretty big thing. People are expecting it. Um, they know it's coming. So um, we have actually moved the location this year to cater a little bit of a larger crowd that we hope to expect. Um, I, I heard that. Yeah. What, tell us more about, because uh, the previous years, you know, it, it's basically been this section of street right, right outside. Right of our studio. Actually. Our studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this year it's actually going to be in a new location. Um, it will be on Kirkwood Avenue between uh, Walnut Street and Lincoln Street. So prime real estate in wow. Bloomington. Uh, yeah, we'll have that two block section uh, for the festival. Good for you guys. Yeah, we're very excited about it. Hopefully it'll make us more visible to the community. You know, students, if you're listening, yeah. it's right next to campus. You can't miss us. We're loud. <laughs> There's a lot going on. So definitely join in on the party. It is free of uh, for admission. Um, donation, you know, encouraged at the entrances, but it is free to the public. And, and I love the way um, people of all ages can attend, you know, it's Absolutely. not like you're you're at a at a bar where, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's only a certain age group. Uh, you know, you see all kinds of younger people, older people and and it's just a a big community gathering that people yeah. just really you you see people you well, for me, I, I see people I don't see the rest of the year. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can remember the last two years I've seen kids in strollers, um, you know, the elderly. It's really for everyone. We kind of have a little bit of everything for something or for everyone. Um, yeah, so just to expand upon that just a little bit. Um, yeah, for youth festival um, activities, we have uh, a tent specifically for um, the youngsters. So we have a bouncy house. We have a dunk tank. Um, face painting, jewelry making, all kinds of stuff for little kids too. Nice. Of course, if a, an adult wants to do those things, they are <laughs> certainly more than welcome okay, to do so. <laughs> Ryan, I know that was going through your mind I'm right now. I'm going through the bouncy house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thing probably would pop with me in it. Um, Kyle, how have we gotten to this point? So um, Summerfest isn't like your traditional pride. Uh, it's not in June like the, like the rest of prides that we know. Uh, pride festivals. So why are we he sitting here in August and now late August having a pride festival? Mm -hmm. I'll bet I have a little <laughs> bit of an yeah. idea, right? Well, obviously we are in a college town. There you go. <laughs> that was my guess. Yeah. If, if you've been around, you know that the city's population about doubled in the last <laughs> two weeks. So uh -huh. um, we do choose to have our festival a little bit later because obviously with the students coming back, it's a huge audience for us uh, to have join us for the festival and, and, Definitely, we need we need as many people as we can have attend. So we know that sure. students are excited about it. So well, and also it's close to um, you have so many um, activities uh, up at the Bus Kirk Chumley Theater, yep. right? Definitely. So you're on this. We're, you, you know, it's uh, pretty much just on the way. Yep, absolutely. Right next to campus, uh, we do have some educational workshops this year at the Bus Kirk Chumley Theater. Um, just to give you a few examples of some of those workshops, uh, we'll be having one at 2.15. It's free yoga led by Vibe Yoga. Um, at 3 p.m., there will be a workshop led by Brian Dodge. Um, 
he's from the Center for Sexual Health Promotion, and the topic is bisexual health and the impacts of um, Burisure. Mm-hmm. Um, at 4 p.m., there will be a lecture by uh, J. Patrick Redmond. Right, on who, his, who we had on yep, the show not yep, long ago. Absolutely, talking book. about his book. Absolutely, Some Go Hungry. Um, at 5 p.m., there will be a panel discussion uh, by some locals, French queers, identities often forgotten in LGBTQ plus spaces. And then at 6 p.m., there will be a workshop led by Kit Malone, um, the trans educator from Freedom Indiana, uh, topic statewide and national fight for gender identity protections. Um, and then at 7 p.m., self-defense workshop led by instructor Jonas Schrote, So, and nice. local comedian. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Who, who has also been on the show. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Wow. A lot of opportunities for people to get involved in this. How, how did you come about getting involved in, in uh, Bloomington Pride? So I... I feel like I'm not really new to Bloomington anymore. Um, I moved here th- a little over three years ago uh, for a job at at Indiana University, and um, kind of growing up where I grew up in a small town in Indiana, there really wasn't a whole lot for queer youth um, or anybody who identified as queer. So I felt that being in Bloomington with so much going on with the queer community, um, I felt like I just needed to get involved however I could. So. I initially got involved with the film festival. Um, I was really excited to be as much help as, as I could be for that. And that sure. was right before the legalization of same-sex marriage. So there was this kind of hurrah around that and um, this sort of mass marriage. Um, sure, yeah. yeah. Wedding ceremony. Good timing. Um, along with that. So it kind of evolved. And then when Summerfest was created, we really needed a lot of volunteers. So the need for somebody to coordinate volunteers was definitely present. So um, I, I volunteered to do that. So now I'm working with all of our volunteers. So have you done it? Uh, have you been the volunteer coordinator the last couple years? Yeah, or? it's been about two years now oh, um, since the inception of, of Summerfest. I've been managing our volunteers for both Summerfest and for the film festival and really anything else that we have going on throughout the year. If we need volunteers, I, I try to supply as many as of them as I can. And you all have a lot going on. Tell us yeah. a little bit about uh, the Pride organization. What You've got PRISM Youth Group. Yep. Uh, you've got Summerfest. You've got... Uh, you've got the film festival. What other things, activities does uh, Bloomington Pride participate in? So, um, yeah, you mentioned the Prism Youth Community. Um, of course, we have Summerfest and the film festival. Uh, we also do educational workshops occasionally throughout the year. We have an education committee um, through the board of directors. Uh, most recently, we had a panel discussion um, kind of chronicling the time between the Stonewall riots in 1969 and the current atmosphere in, in this country, um, especially following the, the Pulse nightclub massacre. So we do various topics throughout the year f- with these educational workshops. Um, and of course, if, if community, um, if there are people in the community who feel like a certain topic needs to be addressed, we are happy to work with whoever to kind of address those, those interests and needs um, and inviting all different, you know, groups of people across the community to, to be involved in those. And that's, you did a great, great job in, in setting up, because uh, uh, you, you set up the um, remembrance ceremony. Uh, you were a key oh. part in that. So uh, th- that's just some of the things that the great folks at, at, uh, at Bloomington Pride actually do. That was a phenomenal evening. So impressed. It was definitely uh, one of those things that I'll probably never forget. Um, and I think it's one of those things that can only happen in a place like Bloomington where you can get that kind of turnout in a, in a city of its size. And it was definitely a healing moment, I think, for a lot of people, or at least I hope it was. 
I, I guarantee you um, a lot of people will not forget that. That's, that's awesome. So you were talking about PRISM Youth, and I know that PRISM is doing um, a, uh, a, a what, what is it called, the Glow Dance no, Party? Know Your Glow. Know Your Glow yep. Dance Party, right. Okay. Yeah. So just a little bit more information about that. So it is being sponsored by the PRISM Youth Community. Um, the description on the website, it's a glow stick, black light uh, dance extravaganza. Um, so there will be pizza and games. It's from 8 to 9 p.m. Um, it will be, let me see here where it's going to be. Rhinos. Rhinos, so, yes, right. At Rhinos Th- All Ages Club. 331 South Walnut. Yep. And um, and it, the event is free and open to anyone ages 12 to 20. Is correct. that right? Yep, uh, that is correct. Awesome, awesome. What do you expect from all of these events Events this coming weekend? Um, what what kind of support do you think you're going to get? How's, how has the support been from the community thus far? I know we have a lot of LGBT-owned um, businesses mm-hmm. in town, but uh, even the ones that aren't owned, they're, mm-hmm. they're allies in this. Absolutely. Yeah, well... Directly following the vigil in June, um, an initiative was started, uh, Stand With Pride, and a lot of community organizations, businesses have come forward and said, you know, we we definitely want to be a part of this to show that we stand in solidarity with the queer community, that Bloomington, you know, is uh, is one, you know, cohesive community for everybody. Um, So we've certainly gotten a lot of support from that. I mean, we're hoping our target this year is 10,000 attendees. We think that it's totally possible. Uh, like I said, last year we doubled attendance right. from the year before. Right. And with us being in a new location, we have some great entertainment coming. That's kind of what we're we're hoping to get is about 10,000 attendees. I think the last two years, the dates were a little wonky too. Mm-hmm. So uh, we may have put this on a good weekend. It's the second weekend of school. Yep. Uh, right. it, nobody's going home yet. Right. Nobody's yep. ready to go home yet. Yeah. Well, most people are ready to go <laughs> right. home yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, it's a great weekend to put it in. It's not on Labor Day weekend, so uh, students aren't heading home for a three-day three day break. Absolutely, yeah. And I think a lot of students are really excited, to, especially the first-year students. They're, they're new to Bloomington. They want to see what's going on. And like I said, it's really close to campus. So wow. hopefully they hear our music and they're right. like, oh, man, what's that? Let's, yeah, let's if I was an about. LGBTQ or any part of the alphabet soup, yeah. You know, um, student, I would, be, I would be really thrilled. Absolutely, yeah. And and um, and it is an all weekend event, right, Kyle? Um, even s- as far as Sunday, mm-hmm. there's a what is it? The the Sun Gay Sun Gay brunch. brunch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nice. That's at Cardinal Spirits. Is at that right? Cardinal Spirits from uh, ten to two o'clock. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nine twenty two South Morton. Absolutely. So yeah, like I said, you can find a total lineup of everything happening this weekend, starting tomorrow night at the Bishop for the kickoff party. 10 o'clock. Of course, all day Saturday with educational workshops, youth activities, live entertainment, and then the after party at the Bishop. And then on Sunday, the Sunday brunch uh, from 10 to 2 at Cardinal Spirits. Awesome. Now, this takes a lot of volunteers. How many volunteers are we thinking about this year? Yeah, it definitely takes a village uh, to do something like this. Um, right now, I'm working with about 90 individuals um, to help tomorrow. Well, yeah, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday go off without a hitch, hopefully. Um, some people have signed up for multiple shifts to help us in a variety of different ways, but yeah, 90 people approximately. Um, I have, there are still a few little places where we could use some help. Um, the sign up, if you want to get that, to help us out, you can email me. Uh, my, my email is kyle.hayes at bloomingtonpride.org. 
I can see how we can help you integrate in and, and help us make it make it go smoothly. But right now we have pretty much everything covered. It's been really tremendous to see people step forward and, and ask how they can help make this happen. Before we head to this next break, Kyle, uh, what time should uh, the, the blooming folks expect Kirkwood to be shut down? Um, so I believe it shuts down. I want to say Friday evening after nine o'clock. Okay. So there will definitely be signage. If you if you plan on parking there Friday night, I wouldn't expect you should be able to do that. Um, there will <laughs> definitely be signs if it's already closed that you can't Good, park there. Avoid East Kirkwood, just east of Walnut Street, yep. starting at nine o'clock Friday night. But then make sure you're there the next day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, so well, we'll get back with speaking about all of the events and everything with Summerfest with Kyle Hayes in just a few moments. We will get to this um, our final music break with one of the headlining musicians on the show uh, tonight. And that would be with Bloomington Pride Summerfest's uh, pr- performer, Sinclair. Uh, we had the pleasure of interviewing Sinclair on last week's show. Her songs of personal struggle and coming out of her conservative family and finding love with her wife, Natalie, are featured on her new EP, Sweet Talk. The couple, they live in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, like I said, we're looking forward to uh, the performance with Sinclair this weekend. So from her EP, Colorblind, here is the title track. This is Sinclair with Colorblind.
We're back here with Blooming Out on WFHB. You just listened to one of this weekend's musical guests for Bloomington Pride Summerfest. That was Sinclair with Collarblind. Kyle Hayes, the volunteer coordinator for Summerfest, rejoins us here this evening. And we have been discussing the history behind Bloomington Pride and Summerfest. And now we want to find out what to expect at this year's event. Kyle, um, can you talk a little bit about uh, about um, the vendors that, that might be showing up this year? Yeah, we'll have a lot of different vendors from the community, nonprofits, and different organizations uh, within the community. Um, one in particular, uh, Positive Link, will be there doing um, HIV testing. Uh, it's anonymous, and it's almost instantaneous results. Um, that was a pretty popular uh, thing last year for attendees. Uh, but like I said, a lot of different uh, organizations in the community will be there. Um, I don't think we have a full list of them on our website, uh, but you can be assured that it's it's pretty diverse. What are we thinking about food options? I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course we will have food there. Um, <laughs> absolutely. So we will have a number of food trucks from around the community who will be there in different uh, restaurants as well. Excellent. Um, yeah. And of course, it wouldn't be a summer festival unless you had some alcohol. Um, so we right. will have alcohol for purchase as well. Um, so come thirsty. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's, thir- it's like Thirsty Thursday, except on Saturday. <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> exactly. Um, You've got you've got so much going on. Um, you know, last year, half of the parking lot uh, outside of just right across the street from the Atlas was taken up by uh, by some of the festival. Uh, another half of of Fourth Street was taken up by the festival, including the portion that you originally started with. Now you've got about two full blocks worth of of space to fill up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some goals or do you have any upcoming goals for uh, Summerfest? Uh, will we eventually get to taking three or even four blocks up? <laughs> well, that that would be great. Um, yeah, I mean, we want to see the festival full. It looks like the weather is going to cooperate on Saturday. It is going to be pretty hot. Um, so, but I don't think there's really a high chance of rain. So we expect right. there to be a ton of people. Right. Well, it's not called Winterfest. Right, right exactly. So. <laughs> well, you just never know in Indiana. That, I mean, yesterday true. there were tornadoes and right. all kinds of stuff and then who knows tomorrow might be a hurricane yeah you just never really storm fest (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um but i mean it's one of those things where the community has received the festival really well and they've supported us so greatly that i mean theoretically yeah we'd love to see it keep expanding but that does mean that we need help (laughs) um There is a steering committee for the festival, and we usually meet once a week starting um, in late winter, and we meet every week until Summerfest, but like I said, it takes a village to make things happen day of, but also the tremendous amount of planning that goes into it beforehand. Right. I've, I've met a lot of people that um, are volunteers with Pride, and um, a couple have told me that um, they just moved here, mm-hmm. for example, and it, it was a great way to meet the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, you know, even though Bloomington isn't that big of a, a, of a city, there are people that I see and I'm like, oh, I've never seen these people before. And it's a great way to learn more about how diverse the city really is and, and yeah, and meet new people and, and feel like you have a sense of community if you're new or even if you're not. Like for mm-hmm. me, this is my third year here and I still, you know, when I meet new people, it's like, right. it's, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. Kyle, you know, We've discussed the location change as a new thing, but are there any other new surprises that uh, attendees might expect this year at all? 
Um, well, we will have new t-shirts for sale. I know that was a huge attraction last Yay. year. Um, yeah. Personally, I don't really care what's on the t-shirt, but I <laughs> love the, the material that we got. And it is the same material. I can tell you that much. I, I purchased one of the Summerfest t-shirts that you guys had. I think it was even discounted a little bit at um, the Pride Film Fest, mm -hmm. right? You had yep. it in, in the lobby right when you walked into yep. to the bus chum. And uh, but, wow, they are comfortable. Yeah, they're super comfortable. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as far as surprises go, I don't know of any. Um, everything that's on the website is pretty much the full run of show. I mean, any surprise that would happen, I think... Yeah, that would definitely be a shock to me. Well, so <laughs> that's why they're called surprises, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've got the location change. We've got plenty of food vendors. Does it seem like there's going to be enough space? I hope so. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it would be better, you know, if it's too crowded. That means that, you know, people really want to be there um, and it's well attended. But, um, yeah, I think there will be enough space. You know, there's plenty of parking downtown, the 4th yeah. Street Garage and... What's interesting to me is it, it, it's it's on Kirkwood, so mm -hmm. you've you've got this street unlike the previous years that has um, what store storefronts, mm -hmm. storefronts, right? And, you know, and very um, very welcoming mm -hmm. um, businesses. Yep, absolutely. Yep, we've. I mean, we had to. We worked with them to make sure that you know it was totally fine for us to be there, and we didn't really have any issues. So again, it just that's a testament to how something like this really couldn't happen everywhere. That it really mm -hmm. is the whole community that has to support this happening. Sure. Now, talk about the sponsors a little bit for Summerfest. Who do we have as uh, some sponsors? I'm sure Cardinal Spirits is a sponsor. Um, who else do we have? Well, let me pull that up for you. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. And this is bloomingtonpride.org is the website, mm -hmm. right? Anyone that wants to look up this information. And it is it is in detail, um, the entire schedule, as we said. Um, pictures, in case you're wondering, like, oh, they sound interesting. What wonder what they look like. Well, there are pictures of each of the artists and the times listed. Oh, look, there's Argenta. Right, <laughs> everybody's everybody's the present. People's diva, Argenta <laughs> Peron. You just like saying that. I, I do. You're right. <laughs> but they even list the street entertainment, right? So, um, you know, we mentioned the bouncy houses, all ages, the areology, all ages, the dunk tank, all ages. Face painting, we all love that. Um, bingo tent, there we go. We're talking about all all, all ages, ages, right? Yep. <laughs> right. Live music, um, all ages before eight p.m. Mm -hmm. And the alcohol tent, you know, one of our personal favorites. Not all anyway, ages, but twenty-one. Not plus. all ages, <laughs> but ages twenty-one plus. JP, I think the dunk takes calling your name. <laughs> Can we do that as a fundraiser? You know the way it has it been is out be there. Hot, so <laughs> yeah, I I would have no problem with that. So again, uh, we, we do have uh, quite a few people who are um, who are sponsoring the event, who are being involved, who are involved in the the event. Uh, Kyle, let's let's do some final detail rundown mm -hmm. here. So the website for Bloomington Pride is just bloomingtonpride.org, and we have a special section just for Summerfest, where you can find all the information that I just provided about the kickoff party at the Bishop tomorrow night. Um, the whole day's schedule for Saturday, the educational workshops, the Know Your Glow uh, party for the Prism Youth Community, um, of course, the live entertainment, the various youth activities available, um, and then the after party tomorrow or Saturday evening at the Bishop, and then the Sun Gay Brunch at uh, Cardinal Spirits. 
So yeah, anything you want to know about the the event, you can find on our website. And it starts at 2 p.m. 2 p.m. On, yep. on Saturday. On Saturday. Yep. Uh, for those, again, uh, who will be traveling downtown, as expect a traffic delay right there at the corner of Walnut and Kirkwood, as it will be going right to Lincoln Street as well. Um, the Sunday br- brunch. What time? What time uh, is is the brunch? The Sunday brunch starts at ten o'clock, so ten in, uh, ten o'clock in the morning um, until two p.m. And again, that's at Cardinal Spirits on Morton Street. Awesome. All right, that's all the time we have for us uh, our discussion this evening, Kyle. It was a pleasure speaking with you this evening. Uh, we are looking forward to the third annual Summerfest here uh, coming this weekend. Yeah, right. thanks so much, Kyle. Thank you so much. We continue our music selections this evening with an intro to this next artist from Out.com. Since the age of six, David Hernandez has found a second home on stage. I was that annoying little kid running around the house singing all the time, Hernandez tells Out. I needed an outlet. Hernandez made his acting debut in a production of Annie before starring in other musicals. Just as he was finding happiness performing, however, Hernandez went, uh, went to live with his father and his relationship with music entered rocky terrain. Growing up in a Mexican-American religious household, Hernandez confronted hypermasculine ideals and beliefs that deterred him from the stage. Performance was looked at as feminine, a view continually contrasted with his younger brother's natural athleticism. Hernandez felt like he needed to be more like him. Music was quickly put on hold. Years passed before Hernandez rediscovered his passion at the age of 17 when he refused to allow stereotypes and his upbringing to keep him from doing what he loved. Performing is a high that no amount of drugs or alcohol can give you, he says. It just takes you up so high and it just drops you on your face when you get off stage. In 2008, Hernandez made it onto the reality competition series American Idol, landing in the top 12 before being eliminated. Rumors, however, quickly started circulating about the real reason Hernandez was sent home. Viewers bombarded Hernandez with comments about his past as a male stripper and soon questioned his sexuality, wondering if it it had influenced uh, his exit from Idol. Hernandez has said members of the show were fully aware of his past from the very beginning, but still, the media was relentless. It was hard to go online and not read something negative about myself. People were more interested in rumors and scandals than the music. Though Hernandez now believes he has the strength and the self-confidence to handle a lot of backlash, his younger self did not, and the idle drama took a toll on himself and his family. My dad still knew nothing about my sexuality or my profession. So when it's plastered all over CNN, that's not how somebody really wants to go down. But it's times like this that helped David find the strength and confidence to live as his true authentic self and not worry about the opinions of others. That's the message he brings to his new single, Beautiful, produced by Mark Griel. Hernandez wants to use the song to reach out to people of all groups and remind them, they are beautiful just the way that they are and that there's no reason to feel ashamed if you're missing a leg you're beautiful if you're overweight you're still beautiful if you are 75 years old you're still beautiful hernandez says that's why i wanted to share my own story as a gay man for years hernandez has been forced to portray an image of himself that wasn't real and he's over it now he wants his art to reveal who he really is an out and proud man with a strong honest voice 
That's why this song resonates with me. The lyrics are just so powerful. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. Without further ado, here is Beautiful by David Hernandez. Stars are in the sky and they're starting to align I see you passing by and we're slowing down the time Now my love is flashing by, all I see is flashing lights Cause you're right here by my side, can you feel it come alive? If this were a love song, would you be mine? Cause I just can't get you off of my mind And I think about you all day and night So I wrote you a love song, wrote you a love song Baby, you're beautiful I think you're beautiful So damn incredible So unforgettable Yeah, I think you're beautiful Baby, you're beautiful For WFHB and Blooming Out comes from the back door, downtown Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. 
From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there's something for everyone every day of the week. The Back Door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind Atlas Bar. More information can be found on their Facebook page or online at bckdoor.com. Wow, JP, that, that music break was great. And my gosh, is that a powerful song? Yeah, right. Yeah, you just listened to Beautiful by David Hernandez. And I, I, I just couldn't believe that song. It was, it was wonderful. So now it's time for your LGBTQ news headlines. Doug Bowder, the director of IU's GLBT Student Support Services Office, was named as a torchbearer for Monroe County's portion of the Indiana of the Indiana uh, Bicentennial Torch Relay by Governor Mike Pence's office. The public is invited to view the torch as it kicks off its route on Friday, September 9th at 10 a.m. in Corydon, Indiana, which is where uh, the state of Indiana was found, for those of you who do not know that already. Hmm. The relay, scheduled to feature runners, actually it was, the, it was not where it was found, it was at stake, the, the original state capital. Uh, the relay, scheduled to feature runners from all 92 Indiana counties, will pass through 11 of the Indiana State Museum and Historic Sites' 12 historically significant locations. What uh, The Indiana Bicentennial Torch Relay is designed to inspire and unify Hoosiers as one of the signature events of the 2016 Bicentennial c- Celebration. Hoosiers will also symbol- symbolically pass the torch, connecting generations to ignite our future. Patterned after the Olympic torch relay, Indiana's version will pass through all 92 of the state's counties, covering 3,200 miles over a five-week period, averaging 97 miles per day. Bowder will carry the torch a short moment in front of the GLBT office on September 20th, between the hours of 3 and 7 p.m. Congratulations, Doug. Congratulations, Doug, definitely. More information about the torch relay can be found online. Okay, well, this is one of my favorite stories of the day. Um, Just released this morning from the Orlando Sentinel. Orlando Health Florida Hospital won't bill pulse shooting victims. Orlando Health and Florida Hospital will not bill survivors of the Pulse nightclub massacre for out-of-pocket medical expenses, officials announced. Instead, the hospitals will write off an estimated $5.5 million and or more in care. The Pulse shooting was a horrendous tragedy for the victims, their families, and our entire community, Orlando Health President and CEO David Strong said. During this very trying time, many organizations, individuals, and charities have reached out to Orlando Health to show their support. This is simply our way of paying that kindness forward. Its main hospital, Orlando Regional Medical Center, treated 44 of the more than 50 victims who needed immediate medical attention from the June 12th attack that killed 49 people. The nightclub is only a couple blocks from the Level 1 Trauma Center. Nine of the Pulse patients died shortly after arriving at ORMC, and their families also will not be charged, hospital officials said. One victim remains hospitalized there. At Orlando Health, bills will be sent to health insurers for patients who had coverage, but whatever those policies don't cover will be absorbed by the hospital chain, said spokeswoman uh, Kina Lewis. At Florida Hospital, which treated a dozen of the club goers, officials said that they would not even bill the victim's insurance for the treatment, nor 
will they, they bill for follow-up surgeries the survivors may need. It was incredible to see our community come together in the wake of the senseless pulse shooting, said Daryl Toll, Florida Hospital's president and CEO. We hope this gesture can add to the heart and goodwill that defines Orlando. Survivors welcome the news. I was so worried because I can't afford any of that, said Mario Lopez, 34, who was visiting from Miami when he went to the club after a friend's housewarming party. I just went out for a fun night with friends. No one no one expected this to happen. My life was turned upside down, and then I had to worry about how I was going to pay back the hospital. Lopez, who is uninsured, was grazed by a bullet and had fragments explode into his left side. After he was hit, he fell and split his elbow on a shard of glass. His seven-hour hospital visit left him with a new nightmare, a potential $20,000 bill. $20,000. It's a huge relief to know he won't have to pay, he said. At Orlando Health, Lewis said that the hospital would work with victims who will need future surgeries as a result of the shootings. We can't predict the future needs of these patients, their financial situations, or what the state or federal governments may require us to do for charity policies, she said. While we can't assume the answer is free care forever, we will use our very generous charity and financial assistance policies to assess the best way to help. As it is, the hospital chain is expecting to shoulder at least $5 million in unreimbursed care for the Pulse victims, many of whom had extensive injuries, Lewis said. Florida hospital officials said the bills there totaled more than $525,000. As for Lopez, his physical wounds are healing, he said, but the emotional trauma still feels raw at times. It's tough, he said. Each day, I have my moments. From the Center for American Progress, U.S. juvenile and criminal justice systems endanger the lives and futures of LGBTQ youth. A new report finds that LGBTQ youth are disproportionately likely to face arrest, prosecution, and mistreatment in court and detention. A comprehensive new report explores how the U.S. juvenile and criminal justice systems endanger the lives and life chances of young people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer, or LGBTQ. Among the report's most alarming findings is that the percentage of LGBT youth in juvenile detention is double that of LGBT youth in the general population. 20% of youth in juvenile justice facilities identify as LGBT or gender nonconforming, compared to with 7% to 9% of youth in general. Unjust how the broken juvenile and criminal justice system fail LGBTQ youth is the product of an unprecedented coalition of organizations working on issues including LGBT equality, homelessness prevention, education, criminal justice reform, and more. This report confirms once and for all what many of us have known for some time. LGBTQ young people are are grossly overrepresented in the juvenile justice system, and it's no coincidence. We live in a society where uh, discrimination and stigma too often lead to criminalization and mistreatment at the hands of of law enforcement, said Ineke Mashovic. Executive, wow, what a name. Executive Director of the Movement Advancements, Advancement Project, or MAP. 
The report also explores the widespread causes of the overrepresentation and documents the disparate and often exceedingly harsh treatment of LGBT youth by law enforcement courts and detention facilities. The new report is a companion to a broader report released earlier this year on just how the broken criminal justice system fails LGBT people. Now, why are LGBT youth overrepresented in the system? The unjust report highlights several factors in the overrepresentation of LGBT young people in the juvenile system. They include pervasive anti-LGBT discrimination and stigma, LGBT youth are uniquely vulnerable to family rejection and mistreatment in child welfare and foster placements. More than half, 56%, of lesbian gay youth in in New York City's child welfare system said they had stayed on the streets because their foster care placement was not safe. These experiences dramatically increase the chances that LGBT youth will have interactions with law enforcement. Unsafe schools is another reason. LGBT students who are bullied and harassed in school often experience negative impacts, including harsher school discipline, increased risk of substance abuse and mental health challenges, missed school, and lower aspirations to attend college. More than half, 56%, of LGBT middle and high school students reported feeling unsafe at school because of their sexual orientation. And almost 4 in 10, 39% of students felt unsafe because of their gender identity or expression. LGBT students, particularly those of color, also are among the groups of students who are more likely to be suspended, expelled, or otherwise removed from school settings, often for relatively minor offenses, in scenarios that are now widely known as the school-to-prison pipeline. Discriminatory enforcement of laws is an also uh, a follow-up reason here. Researchers, researchers find that LGBT young people are at risk of, for criminalization for sexual behavior in comparison to heterosexual youth, even when all other circumstances are the same. For example, a gay youth is more likely to be disciplined in, for public displays of affection than a, a heterosexual youth. Research finds that LGBT youth also pay a particularly high price for quality of life policing that includes crackdowns on minor crimes and stop-and-frisk policies. These interactions with law enforcement are frequently unsafe for LGBT youth. In New Orleans, 59% of transgender youth reported being asked for sexual favors by police. that That is disgusting. Existing policies often provide little promise of equal treatment under the law for LGBTQ young people. Our research shows they are more likely to have negative and discriminatory discriminatory interactions with teachers, foster parents, the child welfare system, and even law enforcement officers, said Laura E. Durso, uh, the senior director of of the LGBT Research and Communications Project at the Center for American Progress, which co-authored the report. As a result, LGBT young people are dramatically overrepresented in the criminal justice system. It is long past time we looked at the way the education, child welfare, and law enforcement systems interact and continuously fail to provide safety and equality for, of people for these young people. 
LGBT youth face discrimination and abuse in the system as well. The report also paints a comprehensive portrait of how LGBT youth are unfairly treated and abused once they enter the juvenile justice system. The following are among the problems it documents. Bias in pretrial release and court proceedings. Mistreatment in juvenile justice facilities as well. Surveys show that LGBT youth are particularly vulnerable to sexual assault and abuse by staff and other youth in juvenile justice facilities. Aggravating the problem is the fact that transgender youth are frequently placed in facilities according to the sex on their birth certificate, rather than the gender that they live, live every day. LGBTQ young people are facing unacceptable levels of mistreatment, harassment, and violence in the juvenile and criminal justice systems, said Shannon Wilbur, Youth Project Director of the National Center for Lesbian Rights. Their experiences in these systems are a huge threat to their lives and life chances, and we are doing far too little to prepare them for a healthy and productive life after lease. The unjust report includes numerous stories about people, organizations, and juvenile justice institutions that are advancing positive changes to improve conditions and outcomes for LGBT youth. It also includes a series of recommendations for ensuring fairer treatment of LGBT young people and families, schools, and communities, as well as throughout the juvenile and criminal justice systems. And that is all the time we have for the news this evening. Jeff, would you like to lead us into that next song? Sure thing, Ryan. Uh, From Attitude Magazine, Frank Ocean opens pop-up shops to give away new album, Blonde, inside a magazine. It's been a busy week for the singer-songwriter. First, he dropped his visual album, Endless, this past Thursday. Then he put up a music video for Nike for on Saturday. Now he's gone and outdone himself by releasing another album inside a magazine called Boys Don't Cry. Ocean opened up pop-up shops in New York City, London, Chicago, and Los Angeles. At these shops, customers were given a silver package, which you can find inside a copy of the magazine and the CD of the album, which were completely free. As well as having the album inside the magazine, it also featured high fashion photos, poems written by Ocean, some short stories, an outline for a television show, and interviews with Lil B and Omas Keith. There were many famous people who were credited for contributing to the magazine, such as Kanye West, Tyler, the creator, and James Blake. One of the poems in the magazine, written by Ocean, is called Boyfriends. One stanza reads, My boyfriend misses me when I'm gone, so he don't forget me. There's a song he sings, calms his nerve endings. My boyfriend is friendly, and we don't want no problems. The album Blonde has even more star power on it, with the likes of Beyonce, David Bowie, James Blake, Kendrick Lamar, Tyler, the creator, Matt... Mike Maisko and many more all having credits on the album. So here's the track Pink Plus White by Frank Ocean. Yeah, yeah. Same way you showed me 
you could fly, then you'd feel south. Up north, getting cold soon. But where it is, we're on land. So I'm someone I'll hold true. Keep you cool when it's still alive. Won't let you down when it's all ruined. Just the same way you show me. Show me. Get sure. Of a summer shade, nose diving the flood lines, tall tower, milk crate. It's the same way you showed me. Cannonball off the porch side, older kids trying off the roof. Just the same way you showed me. You showed if you could die and come back to life, upper air from the swimming pool. You kneel down to the dry land, kiss the earth that birthed you. Gave you tools just to stay alive and make it up when the sun is ruined. That's the same way you showed me. Showed. You showed me love. event calendar. The back door will unofficially kick off Summerfest tomorrow with a show featuring Orlando Pulse's Axel Andrews and Kaya Adonis. They will be raising money for their Pulse family. Show is at 11 p.m. Cover is $7. More information can be found on the back door Facebook page. That would be a great show for everyone to come out to and show their support. Uh, And don't forget about Summerfest on Kirkwood Avenue in Bloomington this Saturday. The fun kicks off at 2 p.m. and the party doesn't stop until well after 11 p.m. Don't forget about the Sun Gay Brunch at Cardinal Spirits on Sunday morning. Join Prism Youth Community for the Know Your Glow Party. A glow stick blacklight... My gosh, this is a tongue twister. (laughs) Oh... A glow stick blacklight dance extravaganza in conjunction with Summerfest. There will be pizza and games from 8 to 9 p.m. And then a glow-tastic dance party from 9 till 11 p.m. The event will be held at Rhino's All Ages Club and is free and open to anyone ages 12 to 20. More information can be found on PRISM's Facebook page. Here's one of my favorite um, community events, the Quarryland Men's Course 
fall auditions are on Monday, August 29th. Auditions will be hosted at First United Church for anyone who did not sing with Coryland Men's Course last year. No appointment is necessary. Just come between 6 to 7.30 p.m. or 9.30 to 10 o'clock and plan to attend rehearsal that evening from 7.30 to 9.30. For more information about the course and joining as um, as well as uh, onstage or offstage membership, visit Coryland on Facebook. Sigma Phi Beta, I use only gay and allied fraternity, will begin their rush process in September. But start learning about the group now. You can contact the group at iu at sigmaphibeta.org to find out what being a brother is like and to find out more about their rush events. Well, we'd like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you're interested in volunteering here at WFHB or for our show, please contact the volunteer at wfhb.org. If you'd like to add your event to our event calendar, please email us at bloomingout at wfhb.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at bloomingoutwfhb, or visit our Blooming Out Facebook page or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Shaddy. Board engineer is Sarah Hetrick. For Blooming Out and Jeff Pulling, I'm Ryan Shaddy. Tune in again next week at 6 p.m. or listen to us online at bloomingout.com. Thank you for joining us on Blooming Out. Be sure to find us online for past episodes, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and more at bloomingout.com. And don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. for Blooming Out on WFHB.